Welcome to the Governance Podcast, brought to you from the Diocese of Chichester and from this episode onwards, also the Diocese of Chelmsford. To mark the beginning of our new relationship on this podcast, I spoke with one of the curates in the Diocese of Chelmsford who'd recently been on a school placement and I hope that this will help us think about some of the ways in which we might monitor. So I'm here with uh, the Reverend Nick Pusano, who is a curate in the Diocese of Chelmsford. And uh, Nick, I wanted to, if you could tell us just a little bit, why did you become a curate, a, a, a priest? Yeah, um, well, thanks for having me on your podcast, Mike. Um, why I became a priest? Well, it's God's calling, I think, of course. Um, no, but um, I sensed God's calling when I was um, in my mid-twenties at church. I instigated it with my then vicar, who had a chat about it, and just explored that calling and see what it looked like. And the journey took me on training at college, uh, to being in a church where I'm fitting really well, where I've got a really good TI. Um, And I'm just enjoying life, just enjoying being a priest in this parish, um, working with him and just serving the people of God in this parish. Brilliant. Well, you, you used the expression TI, can you just... Yeah, uh, teaching incumbent, my TI, yeah, okay. it's a teaching yeah. incumbent, yeah. Great, and um, we're obviously talking about schools. Yeah. So, what's your experience of being in schools? Yeah, so before I, um, before I became ordained, I was a youth worker for about six, seven years. I worked in a, not worked, but I, I, I volunteered in a secondary school, uh, working with you know, all, all sorts of young people, those from uh, difficult backgrounds, um, helping out in classes just to assist teachers, uh, setting up Christian unions or call it Christian forums just to create space for engagement, conversation, to talk about faith, um, but in a way that's non-threatening and just allowing students to just voice their own views um, and what they felt about faith and actually what, what life was like for them. So you've just uh, recently completed a week in a primary school, so that's very different, I imagine. Yes. What was the purpose of that week? Um, so the idea behind it, for me, it felt like it was to, um, to know what it was to have a parish church that had a church school attached to it, um, what it looks like. Uh, and, and for me, it was about um, going to that school and experiencing what a church school is. Um, my previous role as a youth worker was in a secular school. It wasn't, a, it wasn't attached to any church, highly multicultural. Um, but going to a primary school, which was much smaller in numbers, was a big shock to the system, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'd seen anything like it before. And it was just a really great experience to see um, the relationship between the church and the local school in that community. So the church you're, you're working in at the moment doesn't have a parish school attached to it, a church no. school attached. No. So this was, as you said, an entirely new experience. Yeah. What did you actually do on a day-to-day basis? Because it was for five days, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, five days. Uh, so five days? Yeah, five days, I think. Um, so when I met with the head, the idea was for me to just experience um, the different year groups, to experience what the students were being taught, uh, experience what the teachers were doing, how they were teaching, leading the groups. Um, uh, it was also shadowing the teachers, so we're just seeing how they prepared the lessons, 
um, getting involved in the classroom work. So I remember I was working with the receptions and year ones, and it was just doing some reading together, doing some basic mathematics together, uh, building Lego blocks, just really just being involved in, in their life that day, how they were learning and just being part of, of, of their day really. Um, going outside, playing together, being chased, playing tag, just having a good time with, with the students and just trying to integrate myself for those four or five days in the school. Yeah. So um, I'm just a little bit fascinated that you were doing reading with children with your French accent. How did that work out? Yeah, they were good. The kids, you know, kids are innocent. They don't really care. They just, just as there's someone new who's come to the classroom, um, He's fun, let's play with him, let's just run around. And, and also it gives the teachers time to focus on other students as well who maybe need more attention than just um, everybody else. So me coming into the classroom, I think, enabled and allowed the teachers to focus on, on, on other students who maybe require more attention or have special needs as well. Mm. Mm. So you have two uh, primary <coughs> school children of your own. Yes. What did working in the school or shadowing in the school uh, teach you about children? Um, first of all, that I'm not a teacher. I'm, that's not my gift. <laughs> so I left that place thinking, thank God for teachers uh, because they are wonderful. Um, and, and the amount of work they put into it is, yeah, it's, it's unrivaled. Um, but having two kids of my own, I, I realised the importance of just really uh, um, giving them the attention, really uh, um, investing in them. And I think the teachers at that school really are passionately uh, investing in their children. They love the young people, the children there. Um, and you can see it in the way they engage, the smiles, the, the high fives, the, the conversations, um, and just the way the school's been carried. You have such a really, really um, good atmosphere and really uh, an undercurrent of real love, of, of understanding one another and undercurrent of respect um, it was a really good um, place to be in and I enjoyed it yeah so Church of England schools have a big thing about the Christian vision of the school sure um, and of course <coughs> that works its way out in all sorts of ways but particularly in collective worship yeah just talk us through a little bit what you've witnessed in that particular school which by the way we're not naming so that no of course yeah of course. <laughs> uh, yeah um, you know like Mike said the school had um, collective worship, and it was my first time ever experiencing what collective worship is. Um, as, a, as a curate uh, in my parish church, we also do um, assemblies for the local primary school. It's not a CLV primary school, but we can get invited to do assemblies there. Um, so you have to be aware of how you, you frame uh, the stories, how you, you talk about Jesus, how you talk about faith in a way that um, allows kids to ask questions and engage with it. But what I found in collective worship, uh, you could be a bit more explicit, I thought, in, in terms of this is the faith of the school, this is uh, on the occurrence of values. Um, so there was, an, there was an essence where you could be a bit more free um, in how you were to approach the scriptures, talk about Jesus. Um, and there was the, the vicar, who was also a curate, who is a curate, I should say, of the local parish church, and she came and led collective worship that first day. It was really great, you know, they, they opened with liturgy, um, and the kids responded with liturgy, they were really engaging with it, 
and they sung Christian worship songs, they, they were dancing, they were clapping their hands, and they were, they were really engaged in this. Um, but it wasn't like, you must believe, you must do this, but it was, there was a freeness about being able to explore faith. And the kids really responded really well to that, I think. Yeah, and there's a document that guides church meeting and schools <coughs> in um, collective worship that describes it as needing to be invitational, yeah, but also inclusive. So. Yeah. Um, and you're describing that, although the picture of a whole school dancing is a little bit disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. <laughs> yeah, in terms of how do you bring them back down again? I mean, but, it, it, yeah. was, it was a smaller school, so the school that it, it was in the village, um, and you had about 100 students, so right. it's a quite a small school yeah. um, compared to maybe bigger primary schools. Sure. And so that's why I think that aspect was easily more manageable than, yeah. than you would have. So I, we often talk about schools, church schools in particular, being strong on relationships, particularly mm. amongst the adults in the school community. Yeah. So how did you find fitting in? Were, you know, did, did the dog collar put them off or did it help you to engage? I mean, I'm assuming you wore the dog collar. Yeah, no, I wore it all the time. Um, it's interesting. I think um, on reflection, I, I don't think it made much of a difference to the adults. I think, uh, I think they knew that I was there to experience the schools, just to shadow the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for the children, on the other hand, for them it was, oh wow, there's another vicar who's here. And so there was something fascinating about mm-hmm. asking me questions, are you a Christian, sir? Are you a, a vicar Nick? Are you, are you this? And, and it was just great to, to, um, to, be, to be on display, to, to be a visible presence for mm-hmm. the kids. I think for the adults it was a bit different. Um, our conversations with the adults were, um, yeah, a bit, a bit minimal. Uh, there wasn't a lot of conversation with the, with, yeah. the, with somebody in, in the staff room. Um, but when I was with the teachers in the class, we had more conversation then. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially one of the teachers I, I got to meet during that week, she was really lovely, and and she showed me around um, what the school does and, and and how they engage with the students in terms of helping them develop their faith. So we had a Bible club, which is student-led. Mm-hmm. And so they invite the vicar of the school to, to, to come in and share Bible stories with them. So that was really lovely. Um, again, very much the, uh, there's a student body that leads that. Um, there was also um, choir practice, again, student-led. So by the, I was a teacher to lead in some singing. Um, and so that was wonderful to see. And then for collective worship as well, it was, again, a time where the students led collective worship and so the about six of the students led it and and recapped the story that they've been learning in the bible club to the whole school um so i i think i wearing a dark color allowed me to engage more with the students than it did with the teachers hmm. yeah interesting hmm. uh, very interesting that you had those kind of faith type conversations with some of the children yeah as well. fascinating they're just so inquisitive and just they just ask whatever's on their mind you know hmm. um and we talk about faith, do I believe in, in heaven or hell, who is Jesus, uh, do dogs go to heaven, do animals go to heaven, you know, all, all yeah. the questions that they want to ask, you know, mm. and, allow, and me being there gave them that space to ask those questions. Yeah. So what I found very interesting, what you're saying in reflecting on the, the week, is it's quite often some of the things that governors go into school to monitor, to mm. see that it's happening, if you yeah. like, and record down without making judgment on how good, bad or indifferent it is, they're actually 
uh, identifying it's happening uh, yeah. and they can see it and that, that's, you've obviously had that experience yeah. going in that way. Um, did you meet governors? Were you aware of governors during the course of the week? Um, no, I didn't meet any governors, but I know during um, one, of the, one of the days there, there were people uh, walking into school and I think um, uh, just checking things out. Um, um, and I think the school was a bit edgy. There were people who, um, I think they were going to mix, become part of an academy. So you had people who were coming to, to ask questions, look at the, at the students' books, especially the students. Um, so the teachers were a bit on edge that day. Mm. Um, but no, I, di- I didn't meet any governors at uh, that time. Um, I met, I met the, lo- um, the curate of the local parish church there. Yep. Um, I spoke to the, te- to the head of the school, um, assistant head as well, but no, not to any governors. I didn't right. meet anyone there, no. Did you feel like a boy going back into the head teacher's office? Yeah, well, it was a... <laughs> uh, you know, I think sometimes when you're just experiencing what school looks like, you do want to ask the questions to, to be as if you're being critical. Um, but the head was lovely enough to, to allow me space to, to ask the questions about, this is what I've sensed, this is, this is what I, I see from your Christian ethos or lack of maybe on your website. Um, kind of run me through these things and actually, how, how does it affect um, just, just asking all questions, all sorts of questions sure. about do teachers need to be Christians to work in your school? How does, how does be, it being a church school translate to children and parents going to the local parish church? Just all those kind of questions, really. Yeah. Um, and what that says to me is that you're setting out to be the ideal ex officio <laughs> in the future because the kind of questions you're talking about, the witnessing of what goes on, is what governors do, sure. and those conversations which are not critical but are asking about to uh, really encourage support and critique if necessary. Yeah, um, that's that's the role of governors yeah, yeah. in many ways. So, has this visit, as we come to a close, uh, obviously you've said you, you don't want to be a teacher. Nope. <laughs> so affirmed your present calling. Yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, but has it has it has it has it made you feel about the potential of having a school in your parish where you are the ex officio governor? I think I think my heart is how do we create spaces where we can allow people, families, children to to know faith and experience who Jesus is, and do it in a way that's non-threatening, that's inviting, uh, that's warm and inclusive. Um, and if that means being you know, a governor, ex officio in a school and, and shape a culture that allows for discussion amongst not just the children but also the teachers and the parents to shape a culture where um, some of the underpinning or some of the values of the, of the Christian faith dictate how we love one another, and then yeah, sure, you know, I think um, if that's where God is calling me and my family to, then yeah, we'll take it, we'll, we'll go with it, we'll pray that God will lead us the way and... and, and show us what we have to do and we'll be faithful in that. 
That's absolutely marvellous. Um, so make sure your parish is in the Diocese of Chelmsford or Chichester, <laughs> and uh, you're going to get the best support from. Well, if, if you're around, Mike, that'd be great. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much. I'm really glad it was a positive experience. It was. And, yes. Uh, there's some great things that you've shared, which I think will encourage. Thank you, governors listening to the mm. podcast. Yeah, great. Thank, thank you, Mike. Well, I hope you found that uh, interview fascinating and helpful in in perhaps several ways. Uh, First of all, uh, obviously, the way in which he talked about what he witnessed is quite a good example of how we would be uh, uh, meant to monitor when we go into schools. He didn't make any judgments. He simply stated what he'd seen and enjoyed and engaged in. I think that was a, a really good example. Also, um, maybe this is a podcast to make sure you're incumbent uh, or trainee incumbent or someone who's going forward for ordination should be encouraged to listen to because I I know uh, Reverend Nick Pusano very well and I know that going into the week he was a bit unsure about it. He he didn't know how it was going to work out. But uh, as you could tell, he came back from that very positive, even if it did mean he doesn't want to be a teacher in in the future. Um, So do use the podcast to continue to encourage every engagement within the life of the local parish school. And of course, it doesn't just apply to uh, our Church of England schools. There are schools, other schools in our parishes that uh, need engagement of Christians and maybe uh, even use this podcast to encourage people to see what uh, the possibilities are within the life of a school as as a governor. So perhaps this is a good time just to mention my own uh, Grove booklet, uh, Church School Governance. It's ED31, uh, the title on in the series education series presi- provided by uh, Grove Books, um, which really does outline some of the real key things that can be uh, achieved and experienced within school governance in a church school setting. Just time to mention that Grove Book are publishing a brand new uh, booklet on the new SIAMS framework. Uh, That should happen next month. So I I guess by the time I produce the next podcast, I'll be able to tell you about it and give you uh, places where you can purchase it. In both dioceses, I will be running training in the summer term. So as you look forward to, well, as you want to know more about the new SIAMS framework commencing September, that will be available to you and can be booked on either diocese websites. So, um, yep, Symes is coming up. Now let me just end the podcast by thinking about ex officio governors. I know that uh, uh, we often appreciate their support and involvement and engagement, but it is probably worthwhile mentioning and reminding us of the challenge that it can be within their normal work life, their their ministry within the local parish or parishes. These days, incumbents often have more than one church to serve. That uh, that can be and present its own challenges. But of course, you probably are very much aware of the fact that they, like many of us, but in their particular case, wear different hats. I often think of uh, ex officio governors as also being the chaplain, the pastor, the one who brings the message of the Bible through collective worship and other ways into the 
conversation of the school. So that can be very challenging. Uh, do they focus in on the strategic role or do they focus in on the pastoral role? So we need to pray for our incumbents who, who fulfill this, uh, this tricky balance, as it were, in terms of their engagement. And just as we need to think about when our meetings are in terms of the time of the day, we also need to recognise uh, how important it is that uh, we not only take account of staff, but uh, also the ex officio governor and their workload and their timescales. For example, it's very easy for us to expect to have a meeting on a day which turns out to be their day off. Now, you and I, mostly, we will have our weekends. And even if we work at weekends, we'll have a day or two off in the week. Well, so do incumbents, so do our, 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 our church leaders. So do bear that in mind as you are planning your programme of meetings for next year. I may be just restating the obvious, but I do want to just raise the importance of supporting our ex officios to make it possible for them to undertake their, this particular role within their weekly ministry. So let's finish this, pop, this podcast with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for every incumbent, every priest who serves their local community their church and indeed our schools and pray that you would pour out your blessing on them that you would enable them to fulfill their ministry balance the various demands of their ministry that they are effective in the service of their people the people and uh, their Lord and God we commend them to you in Jesus name Amen and so until the next time Thank you for listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm.